Hello. 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 And welcome to Mobilize. Mobilize is a podcast that puts a spotlight on and is a resource for people, people, friends, communities, communities activists, activists who have decided to stand up, resist, 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 fight back, mobilize. Each day, together, together, we shine a light on the we truth. Shine a light on the we truth. focus on the things that unite us. We pull each other up. We celebrate, we celebrate our, our shared humanity. humanity. Episode 5, Reversing a Hate Crime There's a lot to be discouraged about right now. Every day that Congress continues to allow criminals like Jeff Sessions, who committed perjury, and Donald Trump, who among other things has obvious financial conflicts of interest that violate the Constitution to remain in the White House, is another day that they attack our communities and our values. Despite multiple assurances from Trump, Department of Homeland Security head John Kelly and House Speaker Paul Ryan that this would not happen to anyone. Someone with DACA protection, Juan Manuel Montes Bajorquez, has been deported. As documented by the Southern Poverty Law Center, hate crimes and hate groups emboldened by the violent bigots in the White House are on the rise. The Trump team wants to cut pretty much all of our cultural institutions, the social safety net, our national parks, our schools, and our health care in order to fund tax cuts for the wealthy, a domestic deportation force, an ineffectual border wall, and weapons. Yet, despite this, communities and people all over the country are coming together, protecting one another, lifting each other up in the face of hatred and adversity. This is not Trump's America. This is not a country only for the wealthy or the white. This nation belongs to all of us. From Gregory Locke, who, with a group of other New Yorkers, erased swastikas from the subway, to Archbishop Joseph Tobin, who put himself on the line to defend grandfather Catlino Guerrero from deportation, to activists and the Working Families Party, who forced the state to reclassify the racially motivated murder of Timothy Kaufman from second degree to a hate crime and an act of terrorism. We are seeing strength, compassion, and resolve. In these dark times, it is our friends, our families, and our neighbors who are leading the charge, who are giving us hope. This next episode, edited by solar expert and friend John Selby, was produced by family man and activist Tom Johnson, and tells the story of Kristen Mink, a schoolteacher in Silver Spring, Maryland, who transformed a cowardly act of hate into a beacon of love and inclusion that has inspired people across America and internationally. We are here at the home of Kristen Mink. Hey, what's up? But our story actually starts at the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, right here in Silver Spring, Maryland.
Kristen, could you tell us about how you found out about the hate crime at that church? I think I must have seen it post somebody, I think somebody posted something about it on Facebook and I saw it and that was actually a couple days after it had taken place and I was extremely pissed off. A Silver Spring Church vandalized overnight. Episcopal Church of Our Savior members were met Sunday morning by hateful, segregating words. It just made me feel like this country is going somewhere that I really didn't think that we would ever go. Um, I was born and raised here. And, you know, Silver Spring is, is known for its diversity and it's what I love most about this area. And I think that the majority of people who live here feel the same way. So to have somebody trying to spread the message that our values are the opposite of that made me pretty upset. And this was at a time where there was a wave of similar incidents going on. And Mm -hmm. it not only got to you and pissed you off, as you say, but it Mm -hmm. also mobilized you, right? Could you talk about that a little bit? I felt like I really needed to do something. I mean, and this was, I've been really struggling after the election to, um, you know, not just let myself sink entirely into a pit of despair. So I finally realized that I needed to be doing something. And this came up right about that time that I had that realization that I was going to have to be active. And then, ta-da, hate crime in my backyard. And that really jump-started things for me, I think. So what happened? So when I heard about, I heard that that this banner got spray-painted with the words Trump Nation, whites only. And it's a banner that was about their upcoming bilingual mass. And it's a church that's heavily populated by immigrants which again is one of the things that I love about this area, that we have such a vibrant culture here, which is, you know, it's just a mix of all of these different cultures from all around the world. It's really incredible. And this church is a hub, you know, a little microcosm of that. So anyway, their banner got spray painted with Trump Nation whites only, which was super shitty. Um, Am I allowed to say that? Absolutely. (laughs) Just do it louder next time. (laughs) Yeah, super shitty. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, my first thought was like, okay, we need to go take a whole bunch of posters there and write cards and like they just need to have, you know, I really wanted the the people who attend this church to feel an outpouring of love from many, many, many voices in the community to override this message of hate that came from, you know, one or two people or whatever who are not representative of our population and I wanted people who went to the church to feel safe and to feel loved and to feel welcomed in this but you know by this community as a whole. So that was my first thought was like okay, lots of posters and cards and all that sort of thing. So I put out the call on social media and through my neighborhood listserv and there was such a response to that that then I started thinking, you know, it would be great if we could do something bigger, visually bigger, to really make a statement to people other than to the congregation, certainly at that church, but also to everybody who was driving by. And if it could get some media attention, I thought that would be ideal because now we've got, you know, clearly there's stories out there about this hate crime that happened. And I would really like for there to be more stories about how the community really feels. So I talked to some people in a Facebook group that I'd recently started, posted in there, and we came up with the idea to make a banner the same size as the last one or a little bit bigger. Um, Mm -hmm. And well, I first called the church to see, to try to find out what exactly their banner had said and, you know, thinking maybe we should just get the exact replacement banner, but I wasn't able to get in touch with anyone there. So I wanted to act fast. So this was all the same day that I heard about it. 
I remember it was crazy. Yeah, it was a flurry of action. (laughs) (laughs) So a bunch of people started contributing money and I got in touch with a sign store in Silver Spring called Signs by Tomorrow. They were super supportive and wanted to get involved as well. So they said that they would do this at cost. Shout out Signs by Tomorrow. Signs by Tomorrow in (laughs) Silver Spring. They're awesome. They're fully, fully on board with all of this type of stuff. So we got a banner made that said Silver Spring loves and welcomes immigrants in a bunch of bright festive colors. Got it printed up same day. Signs by tomorrow was seriously awesome. I, I well they were they were trying to rush it out to me. So I was yeah. ended up waiting in their office there chatting with them for a bit. And um, the person who I first talked to on the phone about this actually contributed some of his own money towards the cost of the banner. Um, just like one of the employees there, which was really cool. And then when the owner heard that he had contributed that money, she then covered the cost of that for him. So it really was a team effort. So then met up with some people at my house who came over and made banners and or made signs. And you were there, made some signs. Your kids made yes. signs. It was great. Then we rolled over to the church. Is you know, I don't know, 10 of us or so at that point, but carrying the work of a bunch of other people and with that banner funded by many, many, many other people. And when we got to the church, there were other posters already up, already cards stuck in the door. And that was really emotional. It was. Um, Yeah. There was sidewalk chalk all Mm -hmm. over. There were signs particularly made by a nearby nursery school. Seeing that was really powerful for sure. Yeah, that was, I started crying. And then somebody else pulled, (laughs) somebody else pulled up in a car to put up some more posters and she started crying and it was a stranger and we just, you know, Mm -hmm. hugged each other and cried and you know, the feeling in that moment was really just like, you know, love is stronger than hate. You know, this is doable one little thing at a time. So then we put up the banner, cried some more. <laughs> yeah. um, and it looked awesome. I mean, it was it was just clearly the work of so, so, so many people with such strong feelings. And I felt like that banner was just the icing on the cake gave a very clear message to everyone driving by. And you know what? I hope the people who defaced that first banner, I hope that they drove by and saw that they're weaker than us. We outnumber them. Mm. Um, their hate is not welcome here. And I hope that the message, um, as more people mobilize, as I know they are across the country, I hope that it becomes clear that, that kind of hatred is not welcome in America, period. Yeah. They're probably not listening, but you, hey. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you mentioned a Facebook group that you had started recently. Yes. Could you talk about how you set that up? Yeah. So, as I was, you know, trying to emerge from my post-election funk, um, and I realized that I I was going to need to take action, and I didn't know what that was, but I figured that there are probably a lot of other people who felt the same way. And so, I figured, you know, we could at least all come together and be in the same place and then come up with ideas together and help to motivate and support each other and that kind of thing. So... You know, as I was wondering, what now? How do we move forward? I started a Facebook group called What Now? Moving Forward because I needed to stop replaying in my head what had happened and how terrible it was. I needed to be able to think about the future and how we could make that the future that we want it to be, what we can do now to create that future for us and for our kids. And it's been a really great little community. There's a lot of people in there from the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, but there's also people from up and down the coast and from other places who have found us. And it's been a a really great meeting of the minds. So 
Turns out that's a really easy and productive thing, I think, to do is just start a Facebook group. Um, let it be a place for people to share ideas and support each other, um, get the word out about different events, come, you know, brainstorm responses to hate crimes, to hateful legislation. So if you're looking for a first step, that's an easy one. And the group, as you mentioned, has grown quite a bit in numbers. There's been lots of different calls, whether it's daily small things like making a few calls to representatives. Uh, but then I would also count the banner at the church and the signs that we made as, as an action that was really fostered by mm -hmm. the Facebook group, especially the, the funding and a lot of the, the quick reactions. Like we said, it was a crazy day. Yeah, um, so. it wouldn't, none of that would have been possible without the without that Facebook group, because that was where that was where the funding came from was from people who were in that group and saw that there was a need and wanted to contribute to it. And, you know, within the day we had, we had over, you know, the couple hundred bucks that we needed and we ended up actually getting extra so that we could make a donation as well. So, so Kristen Mink, are you a professional <laughs> political organizer? I am not, believe it or not. <laughs> I'm a teacher and a mom. And these last couple of years I've just been subbing because this is, I just became a mom, but I'm definitely not any kind of professional political organizer or anything of the sort. I just know that I want to be taking action and doing something. And I think if a lot of people do that, that's what makes the difference. So we don't have to be professionals. We just have to, you know, have a critical mass. So, right. I mean, the church, I think, was a good example of that. It's a small thing. It's one church. But the with, you know, with media coverage, the spread is is a lot wider than that. And I do think that there's just the cultural impact within our town. Things like that matter. We need to be fighting back. We need to be responding to these things. It's if we create a positive culture in all of these little small towns and cities and that spreads across the country, then that ends up being a big deal. So obviously, uh, this is a, a popular feeling. You're not the only one who felt this way after the election. Definitely. You're not the only one sitting on this couch who felt that way. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and lots of people were feeling not only frustrated and, you know, frightened. And we've seen with the rise of technology, especially, and sort of the saturation of news and people being involved or at least being informed. Do you think that in order to have that critical mass, we need to activate more people who are feeling those same feelings, but not necessarily have a background of actually acting on them? I think, yeah. Because I, I'm kind of over the whole, like, just stay informed because I stayed informed and, you know, now Donald Trump's president. So right. I think that we're all going to have to do a lot more than sharing information. So I think if you're angry and you're sharing information because you're angry, then you should go ahead and find some ways to get more involved in that. And I think that there are tons of people right now who are doing that. I mean, I am one of many and there's a lot more people who are doing it a lot better and more efficiently and whatever than I am. But that's fine. I think, you know, I'm going to get better at it. I'm going to learn as I go. And I think a lot of people are doing the same thing. I think the important thing is just finding ways to take action. So your first steps can be getting a community together, whether that's on social media or on the ground in your neighborhood or whatever, and then starting to put out feelers for what types of things you can do. There's always calling your Congress people and uh, sending faxes to them and that sort of thing. And there's lots of scripts available for those types of actions online. There's protests. So there's lots of ways to get started without having to feel like you're starting a political movement yourself. There's lots of information out there about other things that you can do already. Do you think that people that have joined the Facebook group are more likely to go and act because they're not just seeing other people doing it, they're seeing their good friends doing it? 
I hope so. You know, and it's like you feel a little peer pressure to, to go take part in things. But right. I think also people aren't joining that group unless they want to be taking action and they want a little guidance. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm there. I'm hoping that other people are there to provide guidance to me as much as I can post about ideas that I have as well. Um, I started the Facebook group because I didn't know what to do. With more people coming together, people can share ideas, people can give each other rides to protests. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it's really on that level of on the ground community, supporting each other, encouraging each other, coming up with ideas. It starts with community. Yes, indeed. So I wanna go back to the church. Not only did the new banner get some coverage, and there's a great quote in a couple articles about how they called it the miracle banner, Mm -hmm. um, and they were very impacted by the community response, but apparently it just continues and it keeps growing. This is made big news. This is from a, a church in Akron, Ohio. Here's one from Houston, Texas. All these are actually from a high school in Evanston, Illinois. These letters are to us, to you and me, messages of support and love and care. But what they are also saying, many of these letters, I've read them, they're asking us to continue to do what we're doing. So I have to ask, do you feel like you changed the story? Um, I can't say we were the turning point necessarily, but I think that we definitely played a role in it, as did a lot of people, including the biggest player of all, which is the church itself. So I think the church has done a great job of responding to this hate crime as well. They have reached out to other religious organizations. They're kind of positioning themselves like building a bridge between different religious organizations within the community and really setting an example in that way. I do think that having something large and visual like the banner is hugely helpful for getting media coverage, certainly. And that was a part of my thinking when, right. I, when I was like, what about doing you know, this banner? At the same time, if it had just been the banner, that wouldn't have, that wouldn't have gotten mm-hmm. the leverage. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was it was so many pieces. It's this. It was all of these people coming out of the community. That school, that nursery school, that organized their kids to make the signs. All the different neighborhoods that got people together to make posters and bring cards. I mean, that church was plastered with posters, and there were candles outside. The the sidewalks were just covered in chalk. That wasn't just our team. We were a part of that, but that was a lot of people coming out, and that's what it takes. So every part matters. It was because all of those different groups and individuals came out and did their part that this ended up being remarkable enough to become a story that's now spreading internationally as a positive story, as a fighting back against hate story instead of just a story of hate. So I don't know how great of an interview question it is, but (laughs) I have to ask what now for what now? (laughs) Well played. (laughs) I mean, I hope that it continues to to grow and to be a place where there's more and more like-minded, action-first type of people. I hope that everyone who's there and people who continue to join it see it as a place where we can share good ideas and cultivate ideas about things that are going to be productive for making social impact, as well as hopefully working on policy change. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to put a plug out there for you don't have to be selfless, you can, it's okay to be motivated by feeling depressed and feeling shitty, as you said, and do actions for the selfish feeling of seeing the response and being part of that response and being amongst people who are doing something about it. And it makes you feel so much better. It Definitely. Is the yeah. best antidote 
to the depressing hate and news that's out there. Yeah, if you're if you're sad and angry, do something. Do something. I think that's what's motivating so much of the country right now. And you know, this is a, it you know, it's a horrible situation that we're in right now. It's really terrible. And I'm not going to say that there's some kind of silver lining because there's no silver lining that would be big enough to qualify. But I will say that clearly it's motivating a lot of people to take action who haven't taken this type of action before. Myself being one of them on whatever scale or whatever level it is. But there's a lot of people getting involved in ways that they weren't before. And I think that we're going to see the tide turn in a major way because of that. Here, here. Thank you for listening to Mobilize. We want to share your story. Go to mobilizehere.com and let us know how you are helping take our country back. Raise